Hi, this is The Rocker Recovery. And this is Josh Bond. And this is Angie Meadows. And welcome today. We have another lesson for you. Today we're doing the friend study part two. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing good. <laughs> All right. So we're going to keep working through friends and what kind of friends the Bible tells us to have. So these are good studies to do with your teenagers, with your young adults, so that they understand that they've they can't be yoked together with unbelievers. They can't be in bad company and not eventually be corrupted. Yeah. So what does Second Corinthians 6.14 say? Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Yeah, so that's the command. It's not a suggestion. Do not be yoked together. Now, that does not mean that I don't go and minister and fellowship and love on unbelievers. It means that they're not in that close inner circle for them to give me counsel. It's me going and praying and loving on them and giving them what they need and bringing them along. And then, so it's like, I need um, I need a Timothy that I'm mentoring. I need a Barnabas that's my encourager, but I also need a Paul that's discipling me. I need different types of people with different types of functions in my life. So I don't want unbelievers to be my close inner circle my paul uh teaching me what to do that isn't right <laughs> does it make sense mm-hmm. <laughs> okay number two should we fellowship closely with lawless people right unrighteous paul is speaking about the close relationships not about ministering or serving he says in second corinthians six fourteen. for what does righteousness and wickedness have in common Know what fellowship does light have with dark no there's no fellowship between lightness no. and dark um so if I can bring the light, it's going to dispel the darkness. So should we avoid fellowship with those who stay on the path of darkness, despair, depression, and hopelessness? What fellowship can live? No, can light have with darkness? Mm-hmm. So as believers, we must avoid those who agree with darkness and refuse to ask for or receive help. So as I'm working with people, if they're literally embracing that depression and they're hanging on to it for dear life and that's where they're staying, I, I got to move in and out. Otherwise, that darkness is going to overpower me. Yeah. I can't I can't sit with it very long before it affects me. I have to just love on them, give them the love of Christ, show them the way, and then wait until they're ready. And they will be ready, and they will come when they're ready. So number four, should we closely commune with those chasing after idols? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Belial. What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Hmm. So We've got believers. We've got unbelievers. This is Second Corinthians six fifteen and sixteen. So I should not um, have fellowship with wickedness. I sh- there's no agreement between the temple of God and idols. So idolatry means that there's something in my life more important to me than God. And as I elevate my anxiety, I've made it more important than God. So it's a compromise. So whatever I compromise to keep, to cling to, to hold on to, I'm going to lose. I can't, I can't hold something of darkness and think that I'm not going to lose my light. So I have to be able to open my hands and release that stuff to the Lord. So why does God want me uh, to separate myself? 2 Corinthians 6.16. What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Mm. 
So if I want God to live in me, to walk in me, to be my God, then I've got to separate myself from darkness and from evil and from those things that are entangling my feet and those things that are tempting me to go the wrong way. So I want to become a living temple, a living sacrifice to God. And this is different than any other religion, Josh, because my Savior lives in me. And you will know that He's living in you because He's going to burn in your heart, and you're going to find your destiny, and you're going to find that peace. And when you find peace, you know you found the Lord. So number six, how does God want us to separate ourselves? 2 Corinthians 6, 17. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. So there are things now in my life that I allow that are not traps for me that I would have never allowed 20 years ago. They were like... They were a trap. They, I didn't have the grace of God on my life. I needed to have the law, and I had a lot of rules and a lot of boundaries on myself because I had a lot of flesh. Well, now when I start dipping into darkness or depression or fleshly thinking, I've got to put those boundaries back up. But when I move into the grace of God, now I'm walking by grace. I'm walking by love, and I don't sin because I love Him. Now, like I said, if I realize that I'm stumbling, I got to put more boundaries. I got to put more law, more rules, more I can't. Others may, but I may not. I can't. I can't touch that. I can't go there. I can't see that. I can't. But now I, I can I can do some of that. I can watch a movie with my kids that before they told me I wasn't big enough to watch. Hmm. Mom, you're not big enough to watch that. <laughs> so it would defile me. It'd give me nightmares. And it would just be silly stuff. But I, you know, I, uh-huh. for whatever it is, reason it is, things like that would attach to me where now it doesn't. Now I can just half focus on it and they can watch their little movies and it's fine (laughs) and and of course they're young adults now so it's different so what is the promise if we separate ourselves from evil i will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters says the lord almighty so second corinthians 6 18 so i want you to understand that if you don't separate yourself from those things that are evil those things that are pulling you away from god then you're going to be stuck in a desert of unbelief you're going to be like the children where when they come out of Egypt and you're not going to believe that God can do anything so you're going to be standing there wringing your hands in anxiety going I just I just don't I just don't understand I, I thought God was in this and, but you've got that wilderness journey where you've got to wrestle your unbelief you've got to lay it down you've got to say Lord I believe help my unbelief I'm going to separate myself from evil and I believe that that time in the wilderness was for them to decide today who am I going to serve and so every day I want you to get up and say, today, who am I going to serve? So number eight. Can we fellowship with people who have some areas of their life that they aren't willing to submit to God? So 1 Corinthians 5, 6, and 8. Your boasting is not good. Do you know that a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough? Therefore, let us keep the festival not of the old yeast, the yeast of malice and wickedness, but with the bread of without yeast, the bread of sincerity and truth. So I think what it's doing is making a separation between those that are malice, which means contentious and argumentative and bad, and those that are sincere and truthful. So I need to gravitate to my close inner circle of those that are very sincere and very truthful. 
Seek friends who are teachable, humble, and working on wrestling their sin and confessing them and coming to God seeking to be more Christ-like. Yeah, so if I'm wrestling my sin and my friends wrestling theirs and we're calling each other out, we're sharpening each other, we're being a friend, we're lifting each other up, we're, we're both going to succeed. Yeah. But if I'm hanging out with people going, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's not. Yeah, you can do that. Everybody else does it, and they're comparing me with with other people, saying you're better than that. Don't worry about that. Nobody cares. Everybody does it. Yeah, I didn't compare myself with the Holy God. I'm comparing myself with others who sin. <laughs> of course, I may look a little better, and I'm going to stumble. So I don't want that. I want to be hearing those clear thoughts that a little sin is going to defile my whole body. So here. Look for the close friends that are sincere, asking for a correction and giving you gentle correction from a heart of love. I used to have a friend, and she would say, now all of my fingers are pointing at me. And I'd say, just give it here. <laughs> Don't sugarcoat it. Get it here. <laughs> and whatever it was that she was seeing in herself was like magnified in my life that I needed to correct that I hadn't seen. Because we all have blind spots, and we're not going to be able to see our own blind spots. So are we to compare ourselves with others? Second Corinthians 10.12. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with the, some who command themselves, commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. No, we are not to compare ourselves with ourselves or with others. This is not wise. Well, I'm better than last year, so it's good enough. Well, I'm better than so-and-so. <laughs> no, instead, what am I to, to compare myself to? All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Isaiah 64, 6. So we compare ourselves to filthy yeah. rag. Yeah. So if I compare myself to God, then I know my righteousness, my best effort is a filthy rag. So the closer I become to God, Josh, the more of my filth I see. The yeah. more layers of that onion he peels off. And so I can remember telling to him about 20 years into my walk, Lord, why did you not show me that before? And he's like, well, we had a lot of layers to peel off to get there. <laughs> and now you're big enough to fight this battle. So the more of my filth I see, the more I know I need Christ's righteousness, that my righteousness is just not good enough. I can't stand in my own righteousness. So should we learn about evil things so that we can defend our position in Christ. Everyone has heard about our obedi your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. That's Romans 16, 19. So God wants me to be wise concerning those things that are simple, and um, he wants me to be wise in concerning those things that are good and simple concerning evil. So I don't need to go out and explore darkness and read books about this or that that's in the world. I, I don't need to do that. I just need to be wise in what's good. Yeah. And I believe that simpleness will bring the power of God around me like a cloak to protect me. And there's all these verses that talk about being in Christ, that I can be in Him, hidden in Him, that I can be beneath His wings, that He will be my covering, that He'll be my shield, that He'll be my restorer, my defender, um, my protector. And I believe that as I just come up underneath Him and walk in this simplicity and just, okay, Lord, that's yours because it's making me anxious. Okay, Lord, that's yours. Uh, Lord, help me to rest in You. Help me to believe in You. Lord, bring friends in my life and bring take the ones out of my life that you don't want to have in my life. And the funny thing is, Josh, is that when I pray that God moves things in my life, it gets worse. 
I mean, there's this whole flip upside down. Hmm. And and as I see that, what I would normally think was a bad circumstance, as I see that as the answer to my prayer, oh, oh, wait, the Lord's shifting, the Lord's moving, the Lord's taking things away so that He can bring new things in. Now I can be grateful. Now I can say, okay, Lord, um, shut the mouths of lions, defend me here, protect me there, make room for what it is you're having in my future so that I can walk with you in more of a purity and more of a righteousness. And uh, when people are trying to move my opinions to make me zealous for them and not for God, I know that God's going to take them out of my life. And I need to have an open hand to let people come and go. So as we're learning about friends, I want you to have an open hand with your friends. Lord, take the ones out of my life that you don't want there. Bring the good ones in my life. And then I want you to go and seek out good friends, good community, good fellowship, those with good reputations. Because a lot of you are called to be husbands and fathers. A lot of you are called to be mothers and daughters and wives. And I want you to answer that call. I want you to know that right here, I'm going to work on these relationships right in front of me, and I'm going to make them right. Because if you've got all this contention in your home, then people in your home become your servants, but they don't become your friends. True. Yeah. And I think if we can find friends in our own home, now we can find safety. Now we can find the love of God in our own hearts. You want to pray us out of here? Dear Lord, we humbly just come to you today and ask you to look over each and every one of us, God, and just uh, ask you to walk with us in our day-to-day needs. Uh, God, we just ask you to uh, teach us, open our ears so we can be uh, more listening, more childlike to you, Father. We just ask you to uh, just know how much we love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, move us from the servant category to the friends. In Jesus' name. And thanks for joining us. This was The Rocker Recovery. This is Josh Bond. And this was Angie Meadows. And you can find us again on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, under The Rocker Recovery. You can find the books on Amazon.com under Angie G. Meadows, under Rocker Recovery. also have Enablers books for Enablers Journey, and I have some Bible study books on there. So we will see you next time.